0: Just be of service. That's the only reason you're here. (laughs) That it's not about you. It's just an exchange of energy. And you have to try and make sure that the exchange is as even as possible.
1: Welcome back. You're listening to Let It Out with me, your host, Katie Dalebout. Perhaps welcome for the first time. I speak to friends and new people who hopefully become friends. Authors, writers, musicians, breathwork teachers, yoga teachers, chefs. Who else have we spoken to? People who do all different things. And today I have my friend, who I admire so much, Crystal Fawn. She's a second generation psychic focused on empowering others to explore and cultivate and expand their relationship with spirituality in this really grounded, intuitive, artful, creative way. She's one of my favorite people that I've ever met. We met in New York when I first moved to New York, I think. And kept in touch. She has this newsletter that I really love and I would read these stories and we kept in touch in an internet sort of a way for years and then both ended up here in LA. And we talk about this in the episode, but we started going on these long walks together this summer. Or I keep saying this summer. It's just always summer in Los Angeles. So it was actually this winter in, in January but we started going on these walks and having these conversations. And she's someone that... I've learned so much from and just had so much fun with and really carries herself in this way that I really admire She's worked with artists and entrepreneurs and celebrities from MoMA, Rolling Stone, Refinery29 Arrested Development amongst others and she's just Tremendous and I'm so excited for you to Hear her and hear her speak and hear our conversation. We cover I'm just gonna have you hear it, but we cover spirituality and Working with our own energy and being of service and connection and ritual, parenting, friendship. She's just such a delight and I'm so excited for you to hear this conversation. If you want to support the podcast, the best way to do it is if you like it, share it, leave a review, support our sponsors. I can't even believe the sponsor of this week's episode. It's so fitting and wonderful. And if you still want to do a creative consulting session with me, I'm offering those for one or two more weeks. And the link to book one will be in the show notes. It's a way to talk through whatever you are wanting to create more of in your life creatively. It can be a project or it can be more personally focused because i believe creativity is presence and my friend brooks therapist says everything is everything so how you are in one area of your life How you show up is how you show up in every other area. And so that's what we talk about in these sessions. So if you want to learn more about that, the link is in the show notes. The link to everything we talk about with Crystal is in the show notes. And thank you for being here. And I will talk to you at the end. Thank you so much for doing this, Crystal. Crystal and I met in New York a bunch of years ago. And we, I just really liked you. And I just remember thinking you were really cool and connected with you. And then we reconnected. No, we kept in touch over the internet and I followed you on Instagram and I signed up for your newsletter near futures, which I love so, so much. And I just started reading it and I loved the stories you told in that. And I want to talk more about that, but anyway, so I, I, I kept in touch with you and then turns out we were both here. And then at the beginning or I guess we really started talking like more consistently in the pandemic. And I remember like telling you about my move, and you were just so supportive. And we're in my apartment right now. And I remember, like, I didn't know if I was going to get this apartment. I really need to needed to move out of where I was living. And you like set an intention that I would get this apartment. Do you remember that? I do remember
0: that. Yeah. I just remember sort of being like, oh, it's already done. It's yours, and like I'm- end of story.
1: That was so comforting, and I just loved that so much, and then it was super COVID, and then we started going on walks, like, at the beginning of this year, and it just became, we, like, would go on these massive long walks and just bonded and watched the moon rise together. Moon church, yeah, Yeah. moon church,
0: We're sort of, like, you go, the moon is rising, you do the moon chant, you talk about whatever it is that you need to release for the month, and you sort of focus on prosperity. It, It was good. That was a good... It was
1: incredible. We're going to church together. It was incredible, and then we just kind of kept doing it. We should do that again. Another moonrise. Yeah, maybe yeah, that's yeah. what we can do in the full moon. I do them every month. So okay, great. <laughs> I really want to do. I really want to do that with you. But anyway, you're one of my favorite people to talk to and connect with, and you're incredibly wise. Same. And. I'm just so excited to have you on the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> I love you. It's good to be here. Okay, so we we are eating cherries and um, fruit in, in my apartment, and I want to start, I want to go back, but before we do, i like to start in the present. So what is exciting to you right now? What are you curious about right now?
0: Oh, yeah. Uh, at this particular moment in time, I am exploring various levels of energy work which is not something that i had done up until this point so i am um, just sort of digging into like various colors and like manifestations or like visualizations of our energy and and how it works and how it works with others and then of course i'm also going back and rereading a lot of freud specifically interpretation of dreams, which has been super interesting. And I have a three-year-old, so I should be reading parenting books, but I think I'm just focusing on skill sets at the moment. I feel like reading Freud is like the ultimate parenting book. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right? I mean, I read Freud in college, and I was never a huge fan, but I think I'm rediscovering this sort of like... Joseph Campbell talks a lot about like how important Freud and Jung were in terms of like the stories of mythologies and it was sort of like we have this moment in which we have Christianity in which it's sort of like mythology goes from being something that you like study as art and fable to something that is like they're like no 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 this is a fact <laughs> so we started studying it as history and then like the next evolution and that was like mythology but like as science so now we have science is this thing that is sort of like explained as like a it's like it's like if, it, as if it's fact but I think it's also just like another form of mythology. So revisiting Freud and Jung as sort of like miracle workers in their time, diving into things that were very esoteric and mystical and trying to codify them and make them more scientific. So just like revisiting that moment. I heard
1: something recently of like how science is so spiritual, the more you get into it. And so I feel like that intersection is – I don't know, something I'm kind of interested in. And yeah, there's sort of like are.
0: this concept of like applied science. But Then like the more you get into science, the more it's all just sort of like imaginary. Like when I chat with people about astrophysicism, mm-hmm. <laughs> right? It's like those concepts all align with like what I believe to be true. That is sort of like we exist in multiple dimensions simultaneously. And I think scientists are like, oh, yeah, we just figured out that like maybe an atom can exist in a couple of places. Yeah. At the same time, and it's like, oh, okay, these are all, that's that's like when you're just like studying science. In the same way that there's applied economics, and then there's like economics, where they're like, people are actually bad at saving their own money, turns out. Um, But when it comes to applied, it's very much like, will there be some sort of issue with the economy, or will there be another recession? Um, So I think the love of science right now, I mean, we're all getting this vaccine, and we don't really know what it will, not what what it will do to us, but whether or not it will keep us safe. And the whole reason is that, like, we don't know what COVID is, and it's going to continue to mutate. And I think if you are expecting for anyone to have a finite answer, you're doing it wrong. (laughs) So whether or not that's a doctor or a scientist or your parents or your landlord, like, nobody has an answer. Yeah. So you can either be like, make your peace with that, or you can try and turn science into something that Mm -hmm. you Want it to be. <laughs> yeah. Like turning it into your God
1: or turning sure. it into your like… An answer. An answer. Because I think something we talk about a lot in our conversations is letting go of control, you know, and sure. like surrendering. And I think if if COVID and the last year and a half like taught anyone anything, it's that,
0: you know, we can't… We're not in control. Yeah. We're super not in control. Yeah.
1: And we all really want to be in control, which causes
0: yeah friction. I mean, we got to try to let that urge yeah. go. <laughs> yeah. Which we're working on. <laughs> I feel like you're pretty good at it. So you mentioned you read Freud in college. What did you study in college? I was an English major. Um, and then there's this program at the University of Minnesota, which is called Cultural Studies and Comparative Literature. It's like also known as New Criticism. Mm-hmm. There's like four places, I think, in the United States. Oh, cool. That have that discipline and it's all it's basically just like applied philosophy so it's a lot of like french philosophy from yeah. the 20th century like lacan foucault uh-huh. um so and then you like take those things and they 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 they're like read this very difficult philosophical approach to i don't know um like how we police each other and then watch a movie and tell us how they're similar oh, that's which cool. is like how that discipline sort of Turns out in practice, but yeah, I I read a bunch of books. In I love that. That <laughs> sounds like a dream. <laughs> it was fun. Did you want to? Did you know what you wanted to do, when you chose that? I think I at the time wanted to, and I, and I did. I wanted to work in publishing, and not necessarily as a writer, but maybe uh, like a publicist or not necessarily an editor either. Just someone that like made sure there were books at the library I didn't think past that moment (laughs) yeah (laughs) it was like books are important so I guess I'll try and work in and around that industry so you were always
1: reading and you were always like you knew you wanted to do something in literature yes and then you go to school for that now you're a second generation psychic and have this amazing backstory that mostly starts with with your mom who's you know your best friend and I I I'm curious if you like could have at that point when you were in college pictured doing the work you do now or were you, did you have a reaction of like not wanting to do anything related to that?
0: Definitely. That was my mom's thing. I I mean, you got to remember that like in the nineties being a psychic was sort of like, I mean, she did the talk show circuit and she was working for the phone lines, but it wasn't like a cool thing. I remember like when I, went to school, she was like, just tell everyone I'm a counselor. So it was very much this mm. thing that was like, let's not talk about it. Like, yeah. this is a thing that is amazing and magical and it's for us, but like, we don't need to tell everybody. <laughs> wow,
1: that's so interesting.
0: <laughs> um, and of course I was like, yeah, mom, that's your thing. I'm like smart at geometry and algebra and I test well, so I'm gonna, I'm going to get like a real job. So when I went to school, I was very much focused on like getting an office job that felt, like, safer. But, I mean, like, I was raised with all these tools and skills and had tarot cards, and when I moved out of the house, my mom, my mom bought this deck that she really liked in the 80s, and she bought it for all of her best friends. And then over the years, as she just kept doing more and more readings and was becoming more and more famous, I guess, she, like, got all those decks back. So when I moved out, I got Barbie's deck. <laughs> wow. So, like, I use the same deck that my mom uses. But, like, it was a secret thing. Like, I didn't talk about it. I didn't tell people. I don't want to say that I was ashamed. It just sort of was like, you never knew whether or not someone was going to think you were crazy. Because the question I used to get 15 years ago, if I mentioned anything about being a psychic, it was like, well, you know, how do you know if you're right? And I was like, Oh, this is like the wrong question. I was yeah. like, we don't need to talk about it. Like, I'm a crazy person. Like don't Yeah, you like, like, like I don't need to we don't need to I, we don't need to talk about the mysteries of the universe because you already seem to be concerned with whether or not it's like factually correct. Yeah. And so I just did it on the side. I mean, I did the first real reading when I was I mean, like I've been doing readings forever, but the first real one when I was 20 and there were, like, a string of them where, like, everyone cried, and I was like, oh, I have to learn how to be better. Mm-hmm. Like, we all have this gift. Everyone can be psychic, but I need to learn how to deliver information with, like, love and grace and mm. in service of a message as opposed to just, um, like, blurting out an answer. Yeah. So I just did it on the side and didn't really tell anybody. Yeah, because that's a real responsibility of, like, yes.
1: changing. How, how would you say that, you know, to people who, like you said, I and I agree that everyone— has these abilities and everyone for sure you know ha- has an intuition and it's you know clearing the space for that but if some people are really tuned in or you know what how do you manage that responsibility in your day-to-day life and working with people
0: i think it's a, there is sort of like this weird code of Ethics. Um, and it, it, it comes down to sort of like, what is it that you believe? Like, what is your maybe not necessarily religion, but like your guiding force in terms of like how the universe is put together. And then what my mom has always said and sort of taught me is just like, just be of service. Yeah. That's the only reason you're here. <laughs> yeah. That it's not about you. Managing energies is a very, I don't know, you don't you don't want to just hand it over to just anyone. You want to make sure that the person that is handling your energy is believes good things about the universe <laughs> um, and also doesn't believe that they have control over anything. It's just there to sort of, like, help and guide. And then you can learn as you go, but it's it's just an exchange of energy, you, and you have to try and make sure that the exchange is is as even as possible or even on your end, right? Because, like, you can be the kind of person that can give more than maybe other people can, and then you just try to make sure you don't burn out, Yeah, <laughs> which I'm sure you're, right? Like, yeah. we're all figuring that out yeah. to some extent. Um knowing when to tap out if necessary. I want to go back and,
1: like, highlight and underline something that you said, which was we were talking about before we started recording about service. Sure. And I feel like, so that's something that your mom really ingrained into you. And as you know, like, I really believe that, like, helping other people when you can, Mm -hmm. being of service isn't just, it's not in an altruistic way. Like, I know enough about the universe that, like, I feel really good when I am able to sure. help someone or an equal energy exchange, you know, or an ener- like not that it's instantaneous, but just knowing giving feels good basically mm-hmm. is what I'm trying sure, to say. Sure, sure, sure. Is that something that you had the awareness of and your mom had the awareness of when you were young? And how is that something you apply in your life now?
0: Uh, yeah, I mean, that, that theme had always been there, i f- I feel like we've talked about this at some point on some one of our many walks where it's just sort of like there's this idea being of service is part of this like other concept, which is just like it's just not about you, yeah. which I think is <laughs> exactly it's like a way to like beat down any sign of narcissism or like, I'm an only child. you're an only child, so that I'm not we can talk to her. we can we can call my mom whenever we need to just <laughs> <laughs> sort of be like, what exactly was going on with that? but All I know is that my mom put a lot of time and energy and belief for herself and then also for me to just sort of be like, this is not about you. And I think that goes beyond just this life, right? It's also sort of like I am part of many lifetimes. Like the more I get like stuck in this one, the less I'm able to learn lessons so I can keep going at a pace that is like beneficial for all of the energy that exists in the universe and beyond. So being of service is this like stand-in concept for like – not don't put yourself first, but like you are not the only story here. In fact, you probably matter not that much, right? Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. you're going to be bumping into people who might matter more than you and it's not your job to figure out who they are, what they are. It's just supposed to like the universe is going to send you people and you're going to help them. And th- that was like also part of it where it's like you don't yeah. necessarily need to, you don't have to go looking for them. You can yeah. just like put on an like a beacon just sort of be like, all right, universe. Then like, then you learn what you can let in and what you, what, what you can't. Yeah. Um, Which sounds really esoteric, but that's how it makes sense. Yeah, that makes
1: sense. And I Mm -hmm. think, you know, I always go back to that Florence Mm Scovel shin line where she's like, no one is your friend. No one is your enemy. Everyone's your teacher. Yep. Yeah. Like that's a very comforting thought. And also says the same thing of like, it's not about you, you know, it's about, we're here to learn. Mm -hmm. And, But I'm curious what you were saying about like some people matter more. What do you mean? Because I guess that like seems opposite in my mind of like we all matter the same. We're all equal. Like what do you mean by some people matter more? It's sort of like the
0: six degrees of seven bacon in my mind where it's like, i'm i'm a polytheist so not to harp too much on jesus but i do believe that he was like a miracle worker same thing Mm -hmm. with like freud and like young right where i'm sort of like i don't want to say that they mattered more but they definitely were carrying messages that needed to go Mm -hmm. farther right and so there's no way that you're ever going to know whether or not the person that like you assist in any capacity be it energetically be it as simple as like i have all these sort of like money exchanges, right? Where it's like, write down a prayer on a dollar and then like, leave it somewhere for a stranger specifically because it's like, okay, that dollar is going to go somewhere very Mm -hmm. specific but like, I don't need to know where it's going to go. All I need to know is that I was supposed to put that energy out into the universe. Yeah. But you have to believe that like, every action that you are participating in is somehow, going back to this like, larger, not a mission or plan because I believe in free will but that there are some people who maybe need a little bit more energy than others Mm -hmm. and you never know how it's, your energy is going to get to them, Mm. if that makes sense. Yeah,
1: that makes total sense. It's interesting because I I had an experience recently where like I was with these two friends of mine who I know, and I agree, believe to a certain point that, you know, we, and it's hard to talk about this, but like create our reality in a way, but also free will and also we're not in control. and, And I know that they believe that And I, I believe that, but I also don't, you know, have an understanding of that. And I was tell, I was kind of down and I was like telling about like something tough that happened to me. And I had, my mind went to this place of like, I wonder if they're thinking that like, I did this to my, like, of course this happened to me because I did this to myself because that's just how the universe works and blah, 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 blah. When I just wanted to be like, but also, don't accidents happen? You know, like yeah, 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 they yeah. didn't say that, but yeah. I was just in, you know, again, not about me. Like, I, this is in my mind
0: and I just kind of clocked it and I was like, isn't that interesting? Sure. It's funny that you mentioned that only because, right? So my parents met in this thing called Life Spring, which is, I call it a cult. My parents are like, it wasn't a cult, it was a very wonderful thing, but it was sort of, um, it's part of the human potential movement. Mm. Which is this belief, what the main takeaway from LifeSpring is that like it just teaches, it like beats out victim mentality, right? Which is just sort of like, okay, people can go through their whole lives and like bad things happen, right? And then like at a certain point, you realize one of two things. Oh, bad things keep happening to you specifically. Okay, wait, are you the common denominator, Mm, right? Is there something, and not that you're causing it, but the belief that you are a victim and that bad things happen to you, that it's like never your fault. I'm not saying you're doing this. Just yeah, yeah, like yeah. that concept, right? Where it's just sort of like, why does this always happen to me? Is a thought process that can manifest more situations like that. So again, it's not causing it in the sense that anyone deserves it, but there there are ways to look at specific situations where it's very much like nothing is your fault. Obviously, you are... <laughs> so magical and like anything that happens in your life and mine is not because we've done something wrong. It's right. mostly because we are open and receptive and we're out there being of service and sometimes stuff gets through the barriers and it's like, yeah. oh,
1: <laughs> yeah, this now. yeah, <laughs> Right.
0: Yeah. And I think like, I, you know,
1: you know everything. So I've told you all these situations that have come and happened good and bad and like, yeah. but the good ones like don't attach too much to that either. Cause like that right. wasn't really my fault or doing and and same with you know a, a negative thing or a perceived negative thing. Like yeah. I think it's just, you know, we're here, we're doing our best. We can't really we're not in control. Totally. And to just everything for me, I have to check myself on the victim thing a lot. I'm glad you brought yeah. that up because that's something that like whenever I start to go down that path, it's just not it's right. fruitless. And so that is big. And the other biggest thing that's most helpful, which has to do with like not being in control is Present. It's just like everything totally. comes back to here, now, in this. Yeah, That's kind of the cure for
0: everything. It's tough to stay there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, if especially something you don't like. Right. right. If you're in a situation you don't like, exactly. you're like, how do I get out of it? As yeah. opposed to a good friend of mine was like, no, it's about learning how to get through it. Yeah. <laughs> totally. But a lot of times our gut reaction is like, how do I get out of this situation, yeah. whatever it is.
1: And yeah. even if it's really great, and that's also happened to me, something really great I haven't been able to hold because sure. I've been you know, do I deserve it? Am I okay to be here? Like it gets getting caught. It's away from just being there. Yeah. You know, I want to go back to what you were like as a kid. So you're growing up with your mom. When are you like first aware of your mom being a psychic?
0: (laughs) I have these sort of like two distinct memories. They both were Disney World. One, I was like waiting in line. I was like, I am so cold. And my mom was like, Just visualize your gold bubble of light and, like, make yourself warmer. Just make it warm in the gold bubble. And I was like, what is this nonsense? I was like, like, I'm trying it. I'm like, it's not working. Like, what's wrong with you? Can I have a sweater? And that was sort of, like, a memory that I have where I was like, what was she? Obviously, she was teaching me something that maybe had nothing to do with heat. Or she was just, like, annoyed. I probably had asked, like, 700 times where I was like, I'm cold, I'm cold, I'm cold. And then, like, it was either that same trip to Disney World or a different one where we were standing in line and there were as a family in front of us. And my mom looked at this girl who was like eight. And she was like, how was the banana you had for lunch? And the girl was like, great. And the mom turned around and looked at my mom and was like, how do you know she had a banana? And that's these moments where I was like, mom, like, God, you're embarrassing us. Like, wow. why? Why would you have to say that? Like, now they're going to think we're weirdos. Like, you can't just walk around being a psychic lady in public. So it it definitely was this energy of like, keep it hidden. But obviously my mom wasn't trying to do that. That was something that I was like, I mean, she was okay with people thinking. Was her mom also a psychic? I mean, she maintains, we're all psychic. She definitely has one sister. There were five kids, um, four girls. And my Annie Lisa is also crazy psychic. They just all were really, my mom was really, really Catholic Mm -hmm. and really into God and like, took herself to Europe when she was 18 and stayed at all the convents. She was just, like, so into religion. Yeah. And then talks about how she woke up one day and it was like, it's never going to make sense to me, so I'm going to have to find something else. And just, like, built her own religion from that moment on.
1: Wow.
0: Um, and then that's, like, what we believe. Wow, that's so cool. So I'm envisioning,
1: I was just, like, listening, and also, like, the image in my mind is Sophia Coppola's, Virgin suicides.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Right? All the girls. Uh Uh-huh. The
1: colors. It's such Mm -hmm. a beautiful. So, okay. So you were mostly, did you think it was cool, but you were embarrassed publicly when you were a kid? Was there a moment where it shifted? I'm curious, like going back to in college when you're studying English, Was that a reaction of like, I want to go in a far direction or was it like, maybe I will tune into this later. I do think it's really cool. I'm just
0: afraid. Was there a fear there that you had to wrestle with? I don't think it was fear as much as it was like, my mom is literally the coolest person I've ever met. And like, clearly just like never cared what other people thought about her. Like, very inspiring, like, almost, like, competition level where I was, like, well, that's her thing. So, like, I'm going to wow. have to do my own thing. Like, I can't do my mom's thing. Yeah. That's hers. And she also was very clear when, with all sorts of upbringing, right, where, it's like, my mom was a ballerina. She, like, had her own dance studio. and So cool. So then, like, I also, like, was a ballerina and, like, still take ballet classes. But she was always, like, my things are not, they don't have to be yours. You don't have to be me. She's like, I did everything I needed to do in this lifetime. Your lifetime is yours. You can do whatever it is that you want. So there was no part of her that was like, you should be like me. Yeah. Which just FYI for anyone that has kids or is raising children, like that can make them feel a little confused sometimes where it's sort of like, I have to figure out what I am. Yeah. At a very young age, I think a lot of times we tend to like program. Yeah. Or try to program. That's like another story in the mythology of my life where she met a woman and like, Birthing class, and the woman was like, "I want my daughter to be able to do everything that I didn't, and my mom was like, "Well, that's weird. I did everything I wanted to do, so yeah my what I mean, my daughter gets to do whatever she wants, yeah, but yeah, it wasn't shame or fear, it was just more like this is I don't know. it's like if someone taught you how to be really good at baking and the, and then you know what I mean, and you just you didn't make a thing about it. it was just like you're just good yeah. at it and, and it wasn't until living in New York so much later and like working in publishing and having a coworker be like, I'm sorry to tell you this, but the psychic stuff is your thing. <laughs> wow. So tell us about
1: that moment. So you moved, you end up moving from Minnesota to yeah. New York. You work in publishing. Yep. And then tell us about that moment that you got into when that happened with your
0: coworker. I mean, I'd worked at two different publishing startups at the time. One was sort of a lefty progressive really magical, radical press. And then I worked at like a, you know, like a tech startup, long form journalism. And so, I mean, I've always had enthusiasm for reading, like I said, and, and just making things accessible to the masses. And I think just like, I just am better at the psychic stuff. (laughs) And so that was a moment where I was like, I guess what I heard from him was that like, you don't need to hide it anymore. And then it's been like a journey in terms of transitioning who I was into something that's a little more like holistic and natural. Well, I love,
1: you know, I've said this to you before, but your background of, of working in publishing and working at startups makes you really grounded. And you also are, have such a talent for understanding the esoteric and communicate you. That's another thing I really, really admire about you is you are so good. The way you explain things, like, I don't know if it's just me and that we're both only children (laughs) and that we are like meant to be pals, but for whatever reason goes right in, you know what I mean? Like the way you explain tarot and astrology and, and like, it just feels so correct to me. And I know that I'm not alone. I know you, you have a a skill and a knack in the way you do storytelling, but one of the things I think is so cool is how reflective of what's going on in the world and grounded your understanding is in a way that feels really correct and, and important and, and and self... It's like you're aware of yourself while you're in it. Sure, sure. And you can kind of blend these these two very different seeming things together. And I guess it's not really a question. That's just a compliment. But I guess have you... Like, how would you describe the way you your work now yeah, if, yeah. if you're just meeting someone and how you work with
0: people now? Sure. I mean, what you were just saying reminded me and sort of like, I've had all these experiences. And I'm sure a lot of people do, right? Like, my Reiki master for years was always like, you need to quit everything and just do energy work. And I was always like, yeah, but I also have to, like, eat food. You know what I right. mean? Like, but my mom has always talked a lot about to be, like, a proper psychic. She would say I'm air-quoting is like you kind of have to like live outside of the world, outside of like known reality. And I'm like, "Well, that seems really white. That seems really like that's not that's yeah. not actually what life is like. That yeah. from like but that's like pretending you can exist outside of capitalism." So, in terms of like what it is that I specifically do is like I will acknowledge that you have superpowers, <laughs> but that your superpowers have to in some way work within a framework that is like real and on planet earth because you're in planet earth yeah, right now. That's what, right? that's what I
1: was trying to say.
0: That like yes. this is this, this, this body is you that do. you're in. And, and so that, that's sort of like I, I hear and like I love everything my mom is sort of saying that this life is not it's like part of like a bunch of lives. And it's like I believe that's so down to my toes, but At the same time, we have to get through today. (laughs) So, so much of, and I I guess the push and the pull between my mom and I as I'm I'm sort of like, yeah, but I live here now. Like, if I call and I need help about, like, how to ask for a raise, I don't need you to tell me that, like, money isn't real. (laughs) (laughs) Which is very much, like, a factual thing. But, like, you have to be able to flow back and forth between reality and, like, helping people. And sort of like pushing them to be more spiritual. It's like finding a balance. Yeah. Them. Yeah.
1: Like we have to live in this world. I always love when, you know, I've heard different versions of this, but like the real work is going, I think Ram Dass said it, of like, you know, you think you're enlightened and then go home with your family. Right, or, you right. Know, and we have, we live in this body at this time and this mm-hmm. lifetime and this, you know, for a reason to learn whatever we're meant to learn. For sure. And, That's what I was trying to articulate that you do so well is this holistic approach that is self-aware of capitalism restraints. Yeah, yeah.
0: there, there are. I mean, it's the same thing with like marketing or economics, right? Where there's like the conceptual, and then there's where I'm like, give me the applied. I want the deadline. I I don't want to talk about the ideas anymore. Can you tell me what the deadline is and what the budget is? Because like at some point, you'll just spiral forever with ideas. Something has there needs to be restraints of some kind. Right. And we're really good at instituting them for ourselves. A lot of them are imaginary. Yeah. And then there are all these real ones. So it's like, I don't know, it's like Minecraft. Yeah. But, you know, with superpowers.
1: I'm curious with your like talking about did your mom teach you this or have you had to ask her this? And I'm sure you get asked this all the time of like ways you protect yourself and your energy being totally. a psychic. Like yeah can you can you talk about that and how like how you manage that working with people i like that's obviously an exchange but like just in your day to day life how you protect your energy because i'm sure it's relevant sure, to people sure. whether they are like yeah. working in that or yeah.
0: not i mean go back to that story where i like i must have been 7 my mom was like gold bubble of light so even in the last few years i've realized that one of my best skills is protection I just like I'm constantly, I'm like a force field Mm. Um, and learned very early. People are always like, do ghosts talk to you? I'm like, why would I let them do that? Like, unless I'm available, you know, unless I'm like, you know, it's office hours. Like, no, like I'm not, I'm not open to everything. But I think that is like a 15 year long journey where like you wake up one day and you're like, I'm going to be open to everything. And then a lot of stuff flies at you and you're like, oh, okay, that's too much. So I don't think it's like a, it's like a case by case basis. It's, I'm just trying to think of even like the last few days where I just make myself as available as possible. And then if anyone pulls too much or if anything pulls too much, then you kind of have to not shut it down, but I'm a Gemini. I don't know. I just am like, and I'm walking away from that for a bit. Um, And like, I don't feel bad. I think when you're of service or like that's your mission and you're constantly doing things that are magical and above and beyond for people, you're allowed to ghost and disappear whenever, however, like length of time doesn't matter, right? Like the more you put into the relationship, the more in my opinion you're allowed to sort of like just disappear. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um and so I do that and don't think twice about it. Also because I know people have their lives and if anyone is sort of like, "Wait, I need more." I'm like, "Yeah, yeah, yeah. But that's that's incorrect." Yeah. <laughs> like I felt what you took. That was too much. <laughs> yeah. Wow. I but love it is that. it's sort of like day to day. I don't I don't think I like wake up and I'm like yeah. Protect myself at this hour and then like make myself available at this hour. Yeah. It's like I'm constantly open and available until a, someone goes to form. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: I love that. You have this zine called Four Seasons that's this print based exploration of polytheistic rituals selectively dropped in the mailboxes of close <laughs> friends. I'm one of those close friends and family who have been searching for greater spiritual encounters. It's incredible. And ritual is something that you've really taught me in these last couple months that I always thought was cool but never had any. And you'll just like very casually be like, and I want to talk about a couple of them and they're on your site that have really like been so useful to me and I love so much. You'll very casually be like, let's freeze them. Let's do this. Let's Let's try this. And it's so cool the way you just like integrate these things into your world and your life and the way you speak. And it's so, it feels so organic. And that's what, I love this. I'm looking at my zine right now. Do you see it over there? Yeah. <laughs> um, Cute. And I I always keep the crossword from the New York Times for my birthday every year. Oh, and so nice. That's um, oh, that's a good companion. Mm-hmm. It's not done though. But anyway, um, my my point is, well, first of all, can you talk about Four Seasons sure. and the, Uh, impetus for that and and what it is and how ritual is important in your life?
0: Yeah, I think it's whatever pandemic-based. We all were sort of like, what's going on here? Um, But it's also, I I had a child's her name is Maya. She's three now. So adorable. And and part of what I was like struggling with is like we'd relocated to LA from New York and our, we don't have any sort of like biological family here. We have a lot of chosen family here, which is great. Um, but I was like, wait a minute. How am I going to take Maya to all the things that my mom took me to when I was growing up, which is sort of like moon circles and like weird spiritual festivals. There's like a whole life expo. Anywho. They exist here in L.A., and they are, in my opinion, slightly prohibitively expensive, which makes sense because, like, everyone's trying to make a living, and we're all existing within capitalism, capitalism, right? But I was like, wait a minute, okay, so I can go to church for free, (laughs) right? but I can't—how am I going to make this work? And so, obviously, I can't run all sorts of, like, holidays or rituals. I was like, well, then I want to empower individuals to be like, you, too, can just do it yourself. (laughs) like just have a party and like do this silly little thing at the party and you will feel connected to the universe and it'll be kind of silly, but it'll be fun. And so I just wanted to create something physical, ephemeral that would encapsulate that feeling, right? Of like wanting to go to some sort of like hippie church and do not magic, but like energy exchanges with within groups. And so that's all it is. But at the same time, they're just rituals that can be used obviously at not just on holidays. It was just like the silly things that I do all the time.
1: Yeah, and that's what I love. About, I mean, I love so many things about you, obviously. This is a love letter to you. <laughs> but the way that, like, there's a lightness to the way you casually mention things, you know? Sure. Like, you don't make things so heavy. And they are a big deal because these things can be really helpful. But I think so much of it is cadence and how you speak to them. And I feel like someone, and that I guess it goes so much to, like, you know, we I believe we all bump into the people we bump into in this life for a right? reason. Yeah. But, you know, someone else could have maybe told me the same ritual in a different way and I'd be like, not for me. You right. know what right, I mean? Right. Yeah. Which is like just, you know, kind of kind of silly, but fortunately or unfortunately true. And I think I guess it's another way i uh, I wanna like bring up your newsletter, Near Futures, which is, as you know, one of my favorite things. And it's a place where you use storytelling to to teach, and for my birthday, Crystal uh, gave me the most right. beautiful oh, gift. Right. That was so funny. She gave me this story that that she sent me an email, and like I rem- I rationed it, I saved it, and I read it, and it was really, really beautiful and wonderful. And that's something that like I would read your newsletters before we were even like sure, sure. close friends, and I think it's something we really connected over of, of storytelling and communicating. Being, you know, one of the things, like rituals, that how we learn. So can you talk about, first of all, I love the name. Can you talk about how you came up with the name and then what what you do in your newsletter?
0: Oh, yeah. I don't know. The name was like, what did I used to say after doing a reading? I'd be like, we solved the problems of the universe. Or like, we saw the future. Or like, in the near future, uh-huh. this will be happening. And I was like, oh, so it's just that concept. And that's it seemed to work and it has been fine. And then… The content was always, I don't know, the storytelling, but also what I'm always very inspired by is just sort of like fables, right? These like, and part of Four Seasons is based around, the rituals are sort of like from me, but the holidays, the feasts, the festivals are just like polytheistic mythology from like all different corners of yeah. the, like, it's a, it's a lot of sort of like, it's not too, Eastern, it's a it's like on the Western spectrum, which is fine because that is what I'm familiar with. I'm not trying to appropriate all the holidays (laughs) that (laughs) exist on planet Earth, and I look forward to partnering with someone if we want to explore those stories. But I think the the fables and these like ways in which we can remind ourselves that what we are experiencing is like probably older than us is special.
1: Yeah, and I think that's something I love about storytelling and ritual. And, and honestly, like all of wellness culture now totally and self help and personal growth and spirituality, like a lot of it is like I was saying comes through different forms and and that's mm-hmm. great there that there are so many people teaching it because what the more the better yeah. yeah, because you know obviously the way you explain things goes down real easy for me, but might not be for. Correct. Everyone else. It's like and finding
0: a therapist. Exactly. You know?
1: And it's, but it's all the same stuff. It's like Mexican food. It's either, mm-hmm. you know, burritos or tacos or nachos, but you're getting the same nutrients. You know, it's all sure. beans and cheese and corn. And I think that that, it's the things that have been around for a long time. It's the things that are accessible. It's the things that are simple. That's why I'm so happy that, like, I think about this all the time with my book because I wrote my book when I was 22. <laughs> I mean, the, I hope I read another book. You will, of course. You will. <laughs> but it was, you know, it felt like it was kind of a fluke and a quick thing that happened. And I'm so happy that I chose something that is free, sure. that is accessible, that I still find really useful, you know, it's about journaling. And I think that that, it's things like that. It's like journaling, storytelling, mm-hmm. you know, connection. It's, those are the things that are, like, that's wellness. Like that is, sure, sure, those sure. are the things that are the through line and they've been around forever and they are accessible. It's all these other, like, You know, things that are like become fads or popular for a second that I think, you know, are kind of distracting and and end up holding us back and can maybe be useful if you feel like they're useful and that's great. But I think they kind of come and go where, you know, this is more sustainable. Mm -hmm. I can't even believe that today's episode is brought to you by my favorite fruit. That's right. Sweet Northwest cherries. You know, I think sweet cherries are the perfect summer fruit. But what you might not know is that they are a powerful super fruit. Sweet cherries offer much more than their delicious flavor. Nutrient dense, these cherries contain powerful antioxidants and anti-inflammatory compounds. They're a low glycemic fruit so whether you're eating them fresh, blending them into a smoothie, spreading them on a sandwich perhaps as a sauce or even mixing them Into a salsa, that sounds good. Everyone can benefit from the taste and health benefits of sweet cherries. One of the many health benefits that I love about sweet cherries is that they are a natural source of melatonin, serotonin, and tryptophan and may improve the quality of sleep. For all of these reasons, they are my ideal late night snack. I keep them in the fridge. That's what you got to do. Do not keep them on the counter. Put them in the fridge. They're delicious chilled and crunchy give them a go add sweet cherries to your shopping list today or stock up and preserve for year-round enjoyment now available online and in grocery stores nationwide tis the season visit nwcherries.com sweet health to learn more that's nwcherries.com sweet health to learn more You mentioned Maya Meadow, who (laughs) is so sweet and adorable and just like, wow, I'm looking at the necklace. Did you see the necklace? Yeah, I did see it. It's hanging over there. She gave me a magical necklace. I have never met, like, she is such a sparkly child. I can't even talk about her because she makes me so happy. Oh,
0: surprise Um, child. Yeah. She's so cool. Can
1: you talk about motherhood a little bit? Because you weren't one of those people who always wanted to be a mom and knew you wanted to be a mom. And you're the most amazing mom, but I'm curious what it taught you and and how, you know, you mentioned it being, you know, part of
0: coming up with the concept for the zine. Yeah. I mean, I wasn't planning on making a child. I thought for sure that in my 40s, I would be like, I forgot to do the thing. And so we, my partner and I had just like planned on doing foster care. And then it was like, wait, we should at least try to find out for sure that we like can't have kids and then we got pregnant immediately. And I was like, oh my God, I made a horrible mistake. But, of course, not. it was not a mistake. It was great. I think motherhood is not fun. I remember being like, a birthing <laughs> class, and they were like, go around and say the thing you're most afraid of. And I was like, having a child. I was like, I do not want to do this, but I know that 60-year-old me is going to be very pleased with my present decision. So and then you know she is a total firecracker i have not slept in 3 years but th- honestly that's not everyone's experience i don't know why whatever it's fine i think the the two main things is like it really starts to change your perception of time yeah in which um and not in the sense where you're like oh i'm going to die one day but that like however long you think it's supposed to take for them to do something it's not that timeline's not correct and then you learn that like planning is like futile where it's, and I know that, I know that there are moms that do that. I'm, I'm not one of those moms in which I'm like trying to pick the perfect preschool and then elementary school. I'm sort of like trying to engage with her and figure out what it is that she needs or doesn't need. And so I want to plan so desperately, but I can't, I just kind of have to like exist in the present and make short-term decisions. I think a lot about, um, that scene in Lady Bird where she's like having a, she's having a temper tantrum and her mom's like, you think this was the plan, right? This is supposed to be a starter house. And she's like, oh,
1: oh, I haven't thought about that movie in so long, but that movie like shook me. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I remember I, my relationship with Greta Gerwig is complicated. Uh-huh. Um, and I remember, I remember seeing that movie and being like, this is it. This is what we've waited for female female filmmakers to sort of tell us but at the same time like love the movie have watched it like six times so you know what i mean as far as like the canon is concerned right because i like moved to new york to work in publishing but i was like i'll work in publishing so that i can become a film reviewer at the new yorker which like my sweetheart and i are like just we're film people and he's a director and a cinematographer they have a great projector i know yeah (laughs) i'm gonna get one we live for cinema like be that movie's like, good, bad, foreign. Um, we need to start
1: watching movies
0: together. Oh, I mean, I am so into film. But I digress. It's just that scene where, like, that mom, you, you think, you try to make plans, and then, like, life happens. And you're sort of like, oh, we don't have enough money to do this. Or, like, oh, we got a lot of money. What should we do with that money? Oh, crap, we got to move closer to our parents because someone's, like, sick. Like, yeah. it's just a series of, like, short-term decisions. And so that's been, I think, really good for me. I think I was the kind of person that like really needed a goal. There's like a tarot card for this, right? Where like having a goal can be really great, but then when you get to it, you need to be able to figure out what comes after that goal. Because if you lose your goal, then all of a sudden you're lost, right? And so like having a kid was sort of like, oh, I don't get, there are no goals. (laughs) I'm just trying to exist. And that is tricky, but um, has been fairly rewarding. Mm -hmm.
1: Yeah, I think that's, Something that, you know, I, I always think, I used to teach this workshop at Kripalu every year, oh, yeah. at, New year at the New Year, a, a journaling workshop, mm-hmm. and it was about figuring out how you wanted to feel for the year, Sure, about feelings less than specifics, because that's the thing, like you reach the goal and then you're like, oh, shit, I'm tired, right? or you don't right. reach it and you still feel shitty, so it's like, what's… The point of getting the thing, it's like, right. the, and it's like I'm kind of saying like it's about the journey. You yeah, know? Yeah. but it's like <laughs> kind of it's about the it <laughs> is about the journey. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's, just, it's like a, che- a lot of those cliches are
0: cheesy and true. <laughs> well, I mean, one of the things that's great about journaling is that you can go back and like reference that. the journey is becomes more valuable like even in like marketing or publicity when yeah. you can like go back and see what you thought was going to happen right so i i think journaling creates this very specific and like totally separate from the work that i do where you can like look back and be like oh hilarious i thought that was going to happen at this yeah. point time in my life like wonderful to revisit past versions of yourself so that you can feel okay yeah <laughs> Or just well, see your own growth. doesn't happen. Right. Exactly. Yeah, like it's yeah, yeah, be yeah. pretty
1: jarring to see your growth. Like I had an experience recently that I, I don't think I told you about this, but I was on a plane recently when I was coming back from Colorado and I, you know, didn't have internet. Obviously it's a short flight and I... Had my computer with me and I tuned. I have this document from last summer. It was like such a peak experience, and I was new here, and it was a (laughs) wild time for everyone. And Crystal knows all the details of what was actually happening. But I just tuned in and like read a bit of this old journal. And you, the people next to me, must have thought that I was like wild because I was laughing so hard of like these things that I wrote, like that were so, some of them so earnest, like I really hope this happens or this. (laughs) And and just like knowing where things would happen like what happened, how it ended was just so fascinating. But like, wow, I've grown a lot or I've also, and it can also be very uncomfortable to be like, God damn, I'm still stuck on that. That again,
0: huh? Right. Yeah, Yeah, to see yeah, your patterns, aspects. Yeah, you know? yeah, 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 exactly. exactly. And,
1: and I don't necessarily think it's good to go through your old journals all the time. I think it's fine to sometimes mine them for gems sure. and see those moments of growth. But sometimes sitting in your own shit is yeah. just sitting in your shit yeah. and uncomfortable. Yeah. And why yep. do that? But yeah, there's there's something to that. So something that people tell me that, so I don't really know much about Tarot. I've never oh, sure. had a reading and I don't know, or maybe yeah, I don't know that I've actually had like a proper tarot reading. But people tell me that they often use tarot and journaling together as like a oh, cool. prompt. Yeah. And I think that's really cool and maybe something that that we can do together sometime. But that'd be I'm, a fun workshop. Yeah, for sure. But I'm I'm curious, like how would you describe working with tarot and asking the cards things? Because I know you you use it in your daily life and yeah, obviously yeah, yeah. with clients, but how would you describe it to someone who is
0: like completely new to it? Oh, boy. Like back to that whole thing where it's like everybody's psychic. Okay. There, it's like a craft, like anything else, right? So the another example would be sort of like screenwriting or, yeah. right, like ceramics. It's just like something that gets better as you practice it. Um, and the more you are confident in it, the more you're comfortable with like breaking the form, which usually means like that's where your psychic stuff really starts to like pop out where it's sort of like, oh, I'm going to put the cards this way today. Yeah. A lot of it similar to the zine and similar to what my mom, what I'm picking up that my mom is teaching me is that like just make it up. Whatever it is, if you are in like a psychic zone and whatever whatever system, whatever ritual, make it up and like that becomes like what works. So it's basically like a set of pictures, (laughs) a set of cards, some of which are for Larger life lessons or, I mean, when you see them in the movies, the, like, the lovers, the devil card. Those are supposed to be the ones that are, like, destiny. Um, I read them more as lessons where there's, like, a set of 22 lessons that we're going to encounter in our lives. And they're going to come for you at various times. Was
1: 22 just a number you – No, there's 22 cards. There's 22, like,
0: major arcana You know that's my, like, lucky number. (laughs) (laughs) Mine's 21. Um, No, 22 (laughs) is good. Adds up to a four. My mom also does a lot of numerology, which is, that's like another so cool, wonderful aspect. But so it's sort of like these cards. And then there's, you know, there's another, there you've got your 22 that are major arcana, you've got your minor arcana, which are these like, I always describe it as like in regular playing deck like I could do a reading for you with a regular playing deck like in a pinch wow Um, I remember going on a cruise once and being like something is wrong and I like went to the gift shop and bought some playing cards and was like the answer asked my questions and Um, it was the
1: Titanic in her
0: past life (laughs) right oh my god it turns out thank god (laughs) not the Titanic (laughs) and so those cards are just a little more malleable those are cards where it's sort of like you're probably going to feel this way three days from now but like you don't have to do that if you don't want to. Like, that's where, like, the free will really comes in. And then I think one of the interesting things about spreads and tarot specifically, depending on, like, what psychic or what clairvoyant you're working with, they tend to really help with time, right? So you can create all these spreads that they're, they're great for divination, which, like, not every – like, runes are really great for answering, like, a question, but maybe not necessarily telling you on, like, that two months from now, so-and-so is going to, like, not be able to go on the trip. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, like, that kind of stuff. So it adds, like, this layer of, like, specificity. I can't talk. Uh Specificity. That's a really— Don't even try. It's really hard.
1: (laughs) We know what you mean.
0: Yeah. Oh, I love that. Okay. But, I mean, tarot will always be, like, my great love. It's the kind of thing where—because my mom— my mom was not doing tarot until my parents had like a hilariously dramatic divorce. And like, I moved in with my mom to a studio apartment about the same size as yours. And we like slept in the same bed. And every night she worked and did tarot reading. So I would go to sleep every night listening to like, thank you for calling the psychic line. My name is Julie. I'll be doing your reading. And she had written all over her cards and they were just like all over the house and like always part of, my life. So it's, like, this very, like, warm, same, safe space <sighs> for me.
1: It's so cool. I hope I get to meet your mom someday. Oh, yeah. So She'll special. be here for my last birthday. You're invited. Okay, great. <laughs> I can't wait. I think – okay. I've Hopefully you'll do the podcast again because I have so much more to ask you, but Crystal has a reading somewhat soon, so we'll do these next few as, like, kind of quick-fire sure, sure. questions. Some are actually quick-fire, but some were not meant to be, so we'll see how this goes. I was talking to someone on the podcast recently and we both kind of started our work at the same time in like 2012 and back then wellness was kind of niche still like I was teaching yoga and it was like strange still or it was like I felt like it was cool because it was different where now it's like it is the mainstream and and especially with the younger generation which is cool and so I'm curious like how you feel about you know wellness and well-being and spiritual and new age and and growth content being as mainstream as it is and what it's missing. Because I think we've talked before about like that service element I think Mm -hmm. is missing from a lot of it. Um, Yeah. I'd love your thoughts on on that.
0: Yeah. I think- I I think about it a lot. Mm -hmm. First of all, the more the better. So like I want everyone to lean into their psychicness and, you know, I still don't even think we've scratched the surface of like turning on the amount of people we need to turn on in terms of their abilities or miracle workers or who in the what now. So that in terms of numbers, I'm super, super pumped the things that come up for me often are sort of like ethics, like not knowing the ethics behind, right? Where I'm sort of like, I come from a world, obviously, where I basically like apprenticed for 20 years and then like did readings for trade for another 10. So not that I don't think that someone who is extremely psychic, but has only been practicing for like a year or two. There's just part of me that's like, I wish there was a better way to figure out how the ethics side or the sort of like how connected an individual is to the universe. Yeah. So, and it's like hard to tell that stuff. So that's the kind of thing where I'm always like, oh, I wish there were a way. And then the other big thing for me is so much like, it's just, it's just capitalism. Like we all, of course, as practitioners. Need to pay our rent, need to pay our mortgages, need to put food on the table. But at the same time, it feels so commodified. So the way that I'm processing that, in which like we will all be processing that differently, is and the zine was part of this, right? Where I'm like, I want to do a project that is free and that I will apply for grants. And I need it is my job as like a white woman with like a little bit more of an ability. Ability to either raise money it's just like I have to come up with a way to make this more free and accessible and the route that I not choosing but I'm like sort of being pushed by the universe is very much like a religious or a church model right we're like figuring out like okay how do I found a religion and then like what sort of tax breaks do I have access to and like what grants can I apply to that maybe right so like going the opposite of the VC route going the opposite of investor route going the opposite of just sort of putting a price tag on my services and making it um, just just a little more accessible yeah. for the long run. And we'll see how that plays out, right? Like, again, we all have to exist within capitalism. Yeah. I, it, it might it might be a failure, but I, who cares? <laughs> I gotta I try. That's so
1: amazing. Yeah, and I yeah. also feel like you're, you're, I've said this to you before, but your background of working in startups and seeing VC sure. and, and understanding of that is another, like, connect the dots moving forward, like, that helps you to know that I want to do it a different way.
0: Yeah. There are other models, right? Yeah. Like, the arts is a really interesting space where a lot of things are paid for by foundations and benefactors yeah. um, and it is seen more for the people or for culture as opposed to, right? Because, like, Church used to be for free. That said, the church also is very complicated. Yeah. Many of the churches and are sort of like have their own relationship with capitalism. So, I think I think it's just more about me teaching myself about a various industry and ways in which I can combine them and make make this stuff just yeah just more accessible. I I love this so much. I'm, I'm in.
1: <laughs> well, speaking of this, ritual is obviously important to you, and we've we've talked about that. And so, I'm I'm curious if there are some habits and routines and rituals that help you. You've given me so many like freezing mm-hmm. and this abundance prayer and this clearing energy oh, yeah. thing <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that I I sent you a photo of my friend trying to do mm-hmm. and um you just you it's like you have got something for everything and it's so wonderful it's and I want I'm going to link to your website so people can you definitely have freezing on your website yes. which is great moon and you chants, have the, other the moon big chant one for like moon chant yep.
0: right it's just like a prosperity chant so we will link to both of those
1: but maybe, maybe, maybe it does tell people about freezing a little bit. Cause sure. Because we can read about it on your site, but it's, it's, I'm, I'm curious if it, you could give a little spiel about it.
0: Yeah. I think obviously, right. So energy work, light work, we, when we bump into other individuals, whether or not we're like in the same room, like in terms of relationships, um, we have these like energy connections. I always describe them as like that, <laughs> there's like a scene in Donnie Darko where like, there's, it's it's like a wormhole essentially that goes like from his solar plex just like and follows him like around the room. So we have these sort of like wormholes that connect us energetically to other individuals. And from like a diagnosis point, usually what happens is like I have someone in my life that is like, oh my God, I'm just having such a hard time managing my relationship with so-and-so. And I'm always like, oh, you should freeze them. And it's like, oh, what would that do? And it's like, oh, it's not like a spell. (laughs) It doesn't do anything to anyone. What it does is it freezes that wormhole, that energy connection between two individuals. It allows it to melt, dissipate, and then you can like rebuild a new one. A lot of times we just fall into these like old energetic patterns with individuals and it can be a great way to reset a relationship. Yeah, And it doesn't do anything to the other person. It's just really simple. I love that. Okay, we really will do these
1: as, as okay. As I'm quick taking fire. too long. I'm sorry. No, 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 not at all. I literally want, I'm just like yeah, yeah, yeah. trying to be nice about the time, but want you to stay here forever. Oh, and, my god, um, same, move in same. And never yeah, leave. I mean, <laughs> so okay. Only best thing you've eaten in the last week,
0: coconut shrimp mm. from like an Indian that spot great. that I really, really liked that and like great. made me happy. Yeah, favorite place in LA. Oh boy. That's interesting. I've only been here three years and I've been locked at home with a (laughs) three-year-old. For one and a half. (laughs) Um, I really like going to see the Pacific Ocean. Like, so not like a place, but like that I can drive to the ocean in under an hour and just like immerse myself in the majestic insanity that is the Pacific Ocean. We should go to
1: the ocean together. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Is there something you miss from New York?
0: Oh, I miss a lot of the people. The energy there is so all over the place in that it's like a, a little a, haunted is not the right word but it's just like there are so many layers of people trying to be the best they could ever be and like ivy league energy e- even to like whatever like gangs of new york like the scorsese verge everyone's just like i'm here because i'm the best but like everyone there is the actual best literally everybody there is the best and not that people in la are not the best what's great about la is that you don't have to try to be the best at all you're just trying to like stay in a way that new york just does not totally. have that energy. But, I mean, I miss my apartment in Williamsburg. I miss the elevated train. And, yeah, I miss the people.
1: Yeah. I I really like that train. That's what I feel my goal is. It's like, I like my life right now. My anxiety always just comes to, like, I want to be able to keep it, Yeah, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know there's probably a lot, and this is a tough question, but… A lesson you learned from your mom that stays with you,
0: our favorite. Oh, sure. There are times in our lives in which we need to be selfish. Mm. And the goal is to not hurt other people in your own selfishness. So, like, there are just there are just times in which you need to do what's best for you. Mm. And it is literally everyone else's job to understand that and support that. As opposed to say, oh, but your selfishness is, like, not working for me right now. It's like, yeah. nope, sit down, take a knee. <laughs> like, they're… There are times in which that is necessary. Mm, So good. A lesson that you've learned from Maya Meadow. Oh. I was never the boss. I'm never trying to be the boss. Yeah, I guess the time stuff. I don't know. We're not that close yet. We (laughs) like each other. I mean, she's getting more into me. She compliments me every day, and I'm like, what horrible thing are you going to do now? But, you know, she's really funny. What have I learned? Yeah, it's a tough question. Well, I think she's inspired you a lot. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Kids do change your life. Yeah. It's been nice to just focus on her taking care of her. Yeah. But as far as lessons, those are, those are TBD. TBD, <laughs> next time you do the podcast. What's your greatest lesson on friendship? They're not supposed to last forever. That's a weird way to say it. There are times in our lives in which we are like, ultimately suited for each other. And then if we are doing what we are supposed to do, which is grow and change, growing and changing together is very difficult. I think it's a little easier with partners because you're sort of like locked arm in arm and you're like, well, we already signed up for this, so we have to do it. But friendship-wise, it can be a bit straining. So I find friendships that work the best are ones where you're allowed to flow in and out. Mm -hmm. There are times in which it is just like so amazing and fantastic. And then like don't force it. If it's like not happening because like someone is doing something that the other person is not doing at this point in time in their life, give them the space to do it and take it as like a lesson from the universe that you are also supposed to be doing something different. Just give people space to grow.
1: Yeah. I love that
0: non-attachment.
1: Mm-hmm. Greatest lesson on romantic love. You have a partnership I really admire. Oh, God. Communication,
0: anything. Right. Um, yeah, I've been with my partner for 16 years. It's very annoying. I remember (laughs) when we got together, we met, I was 18. And then we like started dating when I was 22. And I remember being like, God, I really wish I would have met you when I was 30. Because it was hard work to grow together on that Mm -hmm. like same like theme of friendship. I guess I'll share something that another friend of mine had said, where sort of like pay attention to like how you fall in love with someone. Because if you like fall in love while you're like always going on trips or like Buying houses, you're gonna need to do that every time you want to like rekindle Ooh. the love, right? Where it's sort of like I Tomas and I fell in love like watching movies that wow. were like weird and random. Yeah. And so like we have this base on like that is like very simple and easy to recreate. Wow,
1: that's <gasps> such a I've never heard that. That's such interesting sound
0: advice <laughs> 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 or it's like it's I try if you can make it as simple as possible because like then it's just it's easy to get back to that point point. Yeah. Um, and like don't get me wrong we've had like a lot of like really dramatic we've tried to break up many times but like yeah. we just have this thing that like can always bring us back together we're also oddly like the same person so like I, I never had this was not how I thought my life was going to go my mom was not right my mom was a single mom after the divorce and like I just thought that it, love was not going to happen for me, and it, I wasn't expecting it. So I'm very grateful, but also like, whoa, that was not the expectation. So also, don't have any expectations. Yeah, that's because it. Because I can make it hard yeah. <laughs> to try. That's like the goal thing again, right? Yep. But yeah, keep it as simple as possible.
1: Expectations ruin everything. It's hard. It's hard.
0: <laughs> I mean, what I'm finding the more, especially here in LA, just like with friends and clients, especially the ones that are like, have been doing therapy for a good portion of their life, they respond to the things that I say often being like, oh, that's good expectation management. And I'm like, oh, is that all I do? Is like I just like literally sit here being like, I have none, I have no expectations, right? Same thing with like having a child. Like I just, I find that it is a way to keep me from feeling disappointed. <laughs> Which is yeah. a cheat. Um, Because at some points you have to feel disappointed. But, yeah expectations can be a real mood killer. It can ruin your life. Yeah.
1: That's something I'm really learning
0: and needing to manage. Yeah. Greatest lesson on family? I don't know. Choose your own. Mm. I mean, my family, the stories with my family, the mythology is all about past lives. My mom has always told me that we'd been traveling as like a trio over and over and over. I think I just tweeted about that. My mom was like, I was Madame Curie. Your dad was Pierre. And you were the energy that we were working with, which is why you named yourself Crystal. So in my mind, I'm like, family, oh, the people I've been traveling with for the last like thousands and thousands of years. And that it's sort of like that the other individuals that I meet that maybe are not my biological family are still part of like my soul pack. And so family is like, cool, all the people you run into that teach you things in your lifetime. Do you meet people and feel
1: the connection with them is newer and the connection with them is older? Like you can hit the ground running with
0: someone outside of? Like family? I haven't. And again, like I go back and forth. I have a lot of people in my life who are sort of like, oh my gosh, you must be like the oldest soul. And I'm like, I feel so new. Like I don't Mm. feel learned or like Mm. knowledgeable at all. And everyone's like, what do you mean? Right. So I, and I, again, I don't know if that's like an expectations thing. I don't, I don't have interactions with individuals. I guess the way that I could describe it is every once in a while I'll bump into someone, I'll be like, where do I know you from? Yeah. And it's not like, I know that it's not this lifetime, Mm -hmm. (laughs) but it's also me being like, oh, that feeling again. Okay. Because I think the longer you're immersed in either wellness or spirituality or magic, the less you have those like exciting, like, ooh, isn't that cool? It's like, oh no, that's just where I live. I just live there. I had that thing again. I'm like, oh, I know him. Cool. I'll see him again sometime. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, that's cool. (laughs) And being comfortable in it. I'm really curious to talk to you about creativity a little bit. What's your greatest lesson on creativity? yeah, um, don't put it on the calendar. Mm -hmm. Or like, there's like a tarot card for this, at least in my deck, where it usually means like escape your life in whatever way that you need to. And I guess some people need to put that on the calendar. You can do it from like five to seven every night if like that's what works. But what I have found is like the best way to get creative juices is to disrupt whatever schedule you have. I do not believe that you can like insert it into it. And like you can do that in small ways. It can be like you wake up in the morning and you're like, I'm not doing my routine today. <laughs> yeah, totally. <laughs> that works. You don't have to like go on a trip to yeah. Mexico or like take a road trip, but like break form. Yes. Whatever that looks like is, that makes so is where I, sense. I find the most energy. That's so true.
1: Yeah. Like, yeah. Oh, that really hit me hard. Greatest lesson in navigating
0: change? Oh, learn to love it. I don't I you know what I mean, like, yeah I'm a, I'm a Gemini. I think change is great because it implies that like what was in the past you've like outgrown, and like that's cool, even when it's hard change, like loss i don't I don't know. that just feels like it's been drilled into me that that is like a good thing,
1: mm, yeah, tricking the brain we were ha- having a conversation before we started recording about you know, I was telling you about a day that was like kind of not great. And something I hate those I, days. I know, <laughs> something I always ask is, you know, when you're having a shitty day or a bad body image moment or a bad work moment, sure. what are some things you do to shift
0: it and make yourself feel better? <laughs> Oftentimes, it's books and movies, right? Where I'm just sort of like, I'm okay, I guess I'm going to watch Harry Potter today. <laughs> like, a situation that involves magic. But I, th- I think a lot of it is sort of like disassociation, right? Where I'm like, yeah. I need to go to a fantasy place. Um, yeah. And that fantasy place is going to make me feel better. I guess part of that also is like, disconnect. Like, be alone. Yeah. Um, so like, if I'm having a bad whatever, it's like, guys, I got to go for a walk. Which isn't really about the walk. It's just like, yeah. I need to... Not be around anyone else's energy right now because a lot of times the bad days are – and we were talking about this before. It was Mm -hmm. like it means that the energy has maybe been portioned out incorrectly or that the pie chart is empty. Yeah. (laughs) And like really all you need to do is like reset. But yeah, just alone time. Do you – you mentioned like disconnect.
1: Just quickly, I would love your thoughts on social media and just how – and technology and how connected we are and how you – you seem to be someone who who has a really good relationship with it and, and does it well. What helps you? And I get caught in just
0: spirals with it of sure, sure. Of, of yeah, just any
1: thoughts on social media, I guess.
0: I guess like the overall social media, and I've been talking about this a lot with various clients, is like we need to remember that the internet is a portal to like another dimension and mm-hmm. another universe. And social media is no different, that these are energetic channels that are fully overwhelming. (laughs) I've even gone so far for a couple of clients to sort of be like, create a special box full of crystals for your computer. Like, if that is the thing that you are on all the time or like, do your gold bubble of light around your phone. Like, these are literally entered, like, like poltergeists. Like, these are portals that like, take you to other places. So just like, remember that. (laughs) A lot of pressure. And then, yeah. (laughs) Well, just realizing that it's like, it's a gateway. And then, I don't know. I choose to like, I don't have like a significant following, which I think helps me and serves me. I will never really be, I'm just a little too old. I come from that generation where like you never use your real name on the internet. (laughs) So like when people started using their real names, I was like, we're doing what now? Yeah. (laughs) So like, and I'll always be that like Gen X millennial squishy spot. So for me, it's really easy to just be like to walk away from it or turn it off. But if possible, disengage. What I've been enjoying enjoying so much, seeing in the pandemic, I I don't know, again, it might just be my feed, but like so many people are like, I've gone on antidepressants and I've realized I don't need to run this meme account anymore. Like I was just maybe depressed. (laughs) And I'm like, yes, like this portal was sucking you in and it gave you an activity, but I'm not convinced that it is the answer to anything other than it being a portal and that like messages are supposed to get to you. And just like anything else, just like with energy work or like walking down the street, you can't do psychic readings for every person you meet. You can't, you can't like stop everyone on the street and be like, I got a message. You need to journal. Right, <laughs> like, right, 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 right. You kind of have to like learn to put up those filters and they, you know, block people or like hide them when like stuff is like triggering or like, I'm not the kind of like delete the app. I'm oftentimes just like, change your feed. (laughs) Like, hide some people and, like, follow something new. Like, follow filmmakers or follow musicians or just, like, make it different. Find some teens in the UK. (laughs) Like, just make your portal look differently. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. So the last
1: question, I I have you recommend some things, but I think this one will be quick for you, weirdly, but usually… The, the last thing I ta- ask is what do you think happens when we die and like oh, sure. what what God is to you? But I think we've kind of been alluding sure. to that a lot, which seems like a big question. But
0: yeah, I feel like that's something we've, we've talked about a little bit. I think the way that I always describe it, there's this great movie called um, A Life Less Ordinary by Danny Boyle. I don't actually think it's great anymore. It doesn't hold up. <laughs> um, but there are these two characters that are angels, and but they like work in an office mm-hmm. upstairs. And I've, I've always tried to sort of explain. My mom and I were joking even recently where someone wanted to talk to someone that had passed. Um, and so I had sent them to my mom and she was like, you know, it's not that easy. You know, they have to file like a petition. They have mm. to like, you know, submit a form. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like the ghosts, spirits aren't just like able to pop in whenever they want. So my mom and I sort of believe that there is like this element of like order and bureaucracy. Unlike like Loki, right? is the show that's out right now. And it's sort of like, Touching on like what I would imagine this world to be like. I don't think there's any bodily forms. I think it's probably just like energy and thoughts being passed around. But we sort of believe that there's like this list. I think the list is more my idea. There's a list. It has like eleven things on it. I can't tell you what they are, but they're conceptual. And that there's like learning about family, learning about forgiveness, learning about understanding, learning about growth. Right? And you, you know, it's like dim sum. You sit down with, like, a representative before you go to planet Earth. You check the things that you want to learn or that you're, you think you'll be able to learn in this particular lifetime. You sort of, like, sign your soul agreement. And then, like, poof, you get sent down in a shoot. And so when you die, you revisit that list. And it's sort of like, oh, I didn't, get, I didn't figure out the family stuff. Okay. And then you come back and do that as many times as you need until you've gotten all of the checklist completely filled out. And then you get to work at <laughs> work at the office. <laughs> I don't know what comes after. Uh-huh. That. <laughs> but that's always how I have I'm laughing when I say it, but I actually do believe that.
1: Yeah. No, I yeah, I, yeah. I I think I do too. And I really like it. And I like when you explain everything. All right. Well, we're out of time, but the last thing we usually do is Recommend things, so it's hard. But if there's anything that comes to mind—book, movie, sure. song, podcast—anything yeah. you want to recommend, anything that's popping up to your mind that you want to recommend.
0: There are three things that I recommend a lot. Okay, um, great. The first one is Insight Timer, mm-hmm. which is a really wonderful meditation app in that it's filled with normal practitioners that can sort of upload whatever they want. It, it has like a. It it feels like. I don't want to say my vibe it's just it's not like trendy Mm -hmm. it's just sort of like it's got a bunch of woo-woo people in there doing many different things Um, and so I always am like recommending specific meditations but like in general it's it's a really wonderful app a book that I always recommend to people is The Book of Laughter and Forgetting by Milan Kundera it has, it's like a series of, it's it's a bunch of vignettes. It's a bunch of stories. Kunderas, is cool. like this really magical, he sort of like escaped from communism and like lived in France until he died. But his stories are just these wonderful mythologies about sort of like oppression and relationships and like how we figure everything out. So I'm like constantly quoting it or like referencing it. And so I'm always like, everyone should have that book. Cool. And then in terms of wellness, like a lot of what we were discussing, I really like the podcast, The Dream. Mm-hmm. Um, which is Jane Marie, who I loved back from New York days. She like taught me how to do a cat eyeliner. There's like a video on like Jezebel. But she's out here in LA and it's a really wonderful, just, it's like a journalistic approach to the wellness. And and she's like, she runs the gamut. There are some things where she's like, well, that didn't work. And then she's another thing where she's like, I don't know why that acupuncture made me cry. (laughs) Yeah. yeah, yeah. Totally. (laughs) Which I think is a good representation of like the wellness industry in general. You just, you never know whether or not something's gonna work for you.
1: Yeah, 100%. Well, thank you so much for doing this. Thank you for having me. The name of this podcast is Let It Out. So when I offer that to you, is there anything that you want to let out on this
0: podcast that you never get to talk about and wish you would have, wished I would have asked? Oh, God. I don't think so. I think energetically you're really great at just making people feel comfortable and like they let everything out. That oh, Yeah, I don't think good. there's anything we didn't talk about.
1: Well, this is my favorite thing to do and probably how you feel when you're working with clients. Right, like, it's, yeah, yeah, yeah. I do feel like it's an energy exchange and I Absolutely. do feel like you can connect doing yeah. this, which is really special. And, you know, I've done 342 oh, of them at this point. Yeah. And… And I really love it. So it means and it's really, really fun to do it with friends because sure. yeah, it's it's nice to have you to my office. Yeah. <laughs> Step into my office. So we'll end by taking letting out a deep breath. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Inhale. Let it out. <sighs> Thank you. Okay, that was my episode with Crystal Fawn. Follow her everywhere twitter instagram look at her website she has freezing and the moon chance and the link to her newsletter near futures that i love so much and we talked about so maybe you know maybe even book a reading with her a tarot reading i think that would be really cool i love you i'm so grateful you're here if you want to do speaking of booking things if you want to do creative consulting with me feel free to book a session. I'll be offering those for maybe another week or two. And then I think it is booked up. Um, But if you have any questions on what that is, it's a place to bring a creative project to ripen. Or if you feel like you want to live a more creative life or bring creativity into your work or your relationships or your friendships, this is the space for you to talk any of that out. So if you have any questions on that, let me know. I am here for you. And if you're getting cherries and using cherries in any way, tag Let It Out. It's Let It Out with three Ts on Instagram. Feel free to send me a message there. It's just me, Let It Out with three Ts. And also my Instagram is just my name, as well as following Crystal. And to let us know that you are listening all the way to the end. She's at Crystal on Instagram. We'll link. In the show notes to her Instagram And if you are still listening now To let us know you listened all the way to the end Send us your cherry photos And send us whatever you're doing If you end up doing any of the practices That we spoke about in this week's episode Or if you just want to say hi And let me know that you listened All the way to the end of this episode Send me the crystal emoji Obviously the crystal The like blue beautiful crystal I love you, I love you, Crystal Thank you for doing the podcast, thank you for listening And, oh, Northwest Cherries Is sponsoring a couple Q&A Episodes, and so I think my friends Are going to come on and co-host I'm going to answer all of your questions So they can be silly, they can be serious They can be about creativity Or sharing your feelings, or about podcasting Or about friendship, or anything you're curious about We're going to be doing these Q&A episodes Starting next week, so send me your questions, send them to let it out with three T's, or you can email them to info at let it out with three T's.com or send them to me on Instagram. I would love to know what you want to know. All right. Love you. Talk to you soon.